Welcome to the Truly Nourished Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women heal their relationships with food and transform how they nourish themselves in body, in mind, and in soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that help you find your peace with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. If you're ready to feel like a truly nourished woman, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here. In this week's episode, I'm talking about principles that help you feel like a truly nourished woman in your life by helping you nourish your body, your mind, and your soul. And I'm super excited to share this because I had so much fun outlining what I'm going to talk about, and I think it's so good and going to help you align yourself to really feeling more nourished in your own life. So let's get started. The first principle is practicing self-kindness, self-patience, and self-compassion. We have two options here. We can judge ourselves and criticize ourselves for what we perceive as our inadequacies or shortcomings. We can also ignore our discomfort and adhere to a stiff upper lip and ignore our true feelings and true desires. And we can also keep pushing and striving forward from a place of never feeling good enough or from a place of never approving of ourselves and that there's more for us in order to be worthy, we have to do more. Or we can do it in a way that's different. So instead of the self-judging and self-critical approach to life, we can step up to a new level in our life through self-kindness and self-patience and self-compassion. We can improve any area of our life from a place of this way of being, and we can approach our desires for change from a place of this kindness and understanding of ourselves when we're facing what we perceive as our personal failings. You know, the things that we judge as wrong about ourselves We can either harshly judge and criticize and strive harder and harder and harder to feel like we're making up for what we're lacking in, or we can just do it this other way and just decide to be kind and understanding of ourselves and that it doesn't have to be perfect and we're already good enough. Because I personally don't believe that we have any failings as humans, I just believe we're always learning and growing. So this is about releasing the idea that you're supposed to be perfect and that things are supposed to unfold perfectly. It's not all supposed to be perfect. Life is not supposed to be that way. We're humans living a human experience. So instead of trying to change ourselves from a place of disapproving of ourselves, not liking ourselves, and being super critical of ourselves, we actually get to change ourselves from a place of caring about ourselves and from understanding ourselves and from a place of feeling worthy of what we want and from a place of honoring and accepting our humanness, from a place of 
just accepting who we are right now, and also having this exciting vision of who we're still desiring to become and believing that we can become her, but there's nothing wrong with who we are right now. The common thing about every single one of us is that we're human. We all struggle in some way or some form. It's our unifying bond to be human and be vulnerable and be imperfect. Therefore, why should we ever believe that we need to be perfect? Coming from this other place of self-compassion and from our place of our humanness and understanding our humanness and allowing our humanness, this involves recognizing that having inadequacies and challenges is just part of the shared human experience, something that we're all going through and going to continue to go through rather than thinking of it as something that's faulty in me, that's wrong with me, or something that's just happening to me alone. Like I'm the only one who goes through this. We all go through it in some way. And this past weekend, I was at an event with one of my mentors and was speaking to some of the other women there. We were just relaxing around the pool at the hotel that we're staying at and just having an interesting, meaningful conversation about the weekend. And one of the things that I mentioned was that the strong sisterhood and feeling of safety we all feel as a group is because of this deep unifying bond of realizing that we've all had challenges in our lives of some sort that we've gone through and overcame. And no matter how successful we are, no matter what we've achieved, we've all had big challenges and what felt like shortcomings that we had to overcome as women. And facing those challenges is what put us on a trajectory of becoming more of who we truly desire to be in our lives. And if it had not been for those challenges that we faced or what felt like our shortcomings at those times in our life, none of us would have arrived at the place that we've now arrived at in our lives and we would not have the things that we are now celebrating in our lives. And so during this weekend with our mentor, it was more and more of this, like always up-leveling to a new level because we love ourselves, because we value ourselves, because we value and love our lives, not from a place of I'm not good enough. So it's always really inspiring to get with this group of women. And I, I love uh, these events that we get to go to occasionally. So the unifying bond is that all of us humans are on this journey of forever up-leveling because there's never a destination where we arrive at. There's always just another level that we can go to because there's always more learning and growing and more becoming of who we truly desire to be. So the first principle of being a truly nourished woman is to move from that place from a from self-compassion and to always be kind to yourself in your thoughts, in your words, and in your deeds, and to be patient with yourself through the process of change and growth. 
whatever that is for you, we can bring it back to our relationships with food. It's so important to be patient with yourself through that process of changing your relationship with food. It's also so important to enjoy the process, enjoy the journey by enjoying who you are right now and where you are right now. And you can be excited for who you are still becoming, but don't not enjoy who you are now. And part of that is by having that self-compassion, having that self-understanding and kindness and patience. And I think back to my 20-something self and what she dreamed of having and experiencing. And now as my 40-something self, I've achieved and experienced many, maybe all of those things. And I'm sure you also have things that you once dreamed of having or dreamed of being, and you've arrived and achieved many of those. So let's savor and appreciate who we are right now, because we have already become, right? Since our 20-year-old self, we've already become And we can become more, right, of who we desire to be. But let's not forget to celebrate who we have become thus far. The second principle to feeling like a truly nourished woman is to find appreciation and joy living in your body, your right now body. This is about breaking up with body judgment, body criticism, comparison. This can be difficult for many of us because our culture has created this fake ideal body that we believe we should strive for. It's subconsciously fed to us in all forms of media and marketing that there is a certain type of body that's better that we should strive for. But if we believe this, if we fall victim to this, It just leads to some of our greatest suffering as women. So it's time to take a stand for your body. It's time to respect the incredible body that you have, the body that allows you to walk this earth, to live this beautiful life, to experience all the pleasures and joys, and to rise up from all the pains and challenges into new levels of freedom. It's time to take a stand for that body. And instead of blaming our bodies for things, you know, such as our perceived challenges, instead of policing our bodies to try to avoid people's judgments and the pervasive weight stigma that's in our culture, instead of engaging in various forms of performance eating or dieting because of this belief that we have to show up a certain way for others, instead of seeing our body as the problem, It's time to see our body as the solution and the most wonderful gift that we've ever been given. Because the problem never was, never has been, and never will be your body. The problem is this deeply programmed diet culture that stigmatizes bodies that aren't the made-up fake ideal. It truly can be difficult for us to escape the body torment game when the whole culture is playing it and not even realizing that they're playing it. You know, the the culture as a whole just seems to revolve around 
this disapproving of your body. Like it's normal. Like we should all just disapprove of our body. It is not normal. (laughs) As truly nourished women, we rise above this. I am so passionate. I, I get fired up as you can tell. We have to rise above this. We have to take a stand for our bodies as unique and beautiful and good as they are right now. Perfect as they are right now. Are you with me? We can each start with just respecting the body that we have by not being so self-critical, by stopping the comparison, by cleaning up our social media feeds of the diet talk, the weight loss talk, the before and after photos, get rid of all that, stop following that, break up with your scale, Declare that your value is way more than a number on a device. Delete the apps for the carb counting, the calorie trackers. Get rid of it all. Make a firm commitment to stop fighting your body and instead realize that everything you desire in your life is going to come from practicing body kindness, self-kindness, and also Super important is body trust. This is something that we have to develop over time, especially if we come from a history of not trusting our bodies to guide us on how to eat eat and feed ourselves. If we've always defaulted to the outside world to tell us how to eat and we don't trust our bodies in that way, the body trust can be something that takes time to develop. And that's what I help women do. However, right now, in even the littlest way possible, each one of us can start practicing more body kindness and more body respect for the body that we have. And then after that, we can even move into truly appreciating the body we have, but we have to start wherever we have to start. Sometimes we can't start at really appreciating our body. So, however, though, when we can appreciate the body we have, instead of wishing for a different body, we start to feel more full in our lives because we're better able to step into more meaningful and satisfying life experiences. Do you get what I'm saying? When we can just appreciate and enjoy living in our body as it is right now, not that our body can never change, right? Our bodies will change. <laughs> we're, we're, na- we're parts of nature. We, we change over time. But what I'm saying is, let, let's say you do lose weight or something. That's great, wonderful, if that's something that feels true and desirable for you in your life. But it's not a requirement. It's never a requirement to start feeling fulfilled in your right now life, to wait for a different body. Because... When we can just step into enjoying living in our current body, then right now we have access to all this satisfying life experience that we're wanting to have rather than just waiting for the body to be different or for the body to be changed to finally be be happy and satisfied and fulfilled. So by appreciating our right now body, we can step into living our lives fully, right? The lives that we've been blessed with and that will always, always be 
part of our, our journey. Our body is what I'm saying. It will always be part of our journey and it's always going to be with us and serving us. So why not just love it right now? It's a beautiful servant in this life. And as truly nourished women, we allow ourselves to feel joy living in our body right now. And we also realize that our true peace with food comes from first finding peace with our body. This is huge. It's a whole nother topic that I'm not going to go into right now. I've covered it in various degrees in past episodes, but if we can't find peace with our body, if we always feel like it needs to change, it needs to be different, it needs to lose weight, it needs to be this, it needs to be that, we're going to forever want to manipulate our food in some way, restrict it, overmanage it, over-strategize it, not enjoy it, not allow it to satisfy us, not allow it to truly nourish us, that's what's going to happen if we're at war with our body. It's just we will never really be able to find our peace with food. Okay, the third principle to feeling like a truly nourished woman is to release all dieting mindsets and methods. I've discussed this many times in past episodes, but it's always coming up because it's so important. It's essential. And here's why holding onto restrictive thoughts about food, such as having food rules, ideas of good food, bad food thinking, um, it's, this is why it's going to block you from feeling like a truly nourished woman because holding on to any sort of mindset that dieting is a solution, that restricting food isn't a solution, micromanaging food is a solution, counting everything that you eat is a solution, any of that, that's essentially dieting. Holding on to that as a solution to body image challenges takes us down a frustrating, unproductive path that depletes us in our mind, in our body, and in our spirit. It never gives us what we're truly needing, wanting, and desiring. So we typically start this path by feeling dissatisfied with our bodies in some way. Once again, it's just kind of the pervasive cultural norm to feel dissatisfied with our body. So don't Judge yourself if you're there. I am not saying this to make you feel bad if that's where you're at. It's just part of our culture. I've definitely been there too. But that's how it starts. We feel dissatisfied with our bodies, which is why finding joy living in our bodies is so important to counteract this. But because of this body dissatisfaction, we think restriction or dieting of some form, managing our food in some way is the answer and we start restricting ourselves and we automatically begin to then ignore or maybe the word is overlook our body signals about food such as our hunger cues and such as what's truly satisfying food for us and when we do this We can start to think about food more, not less. I mean, that's not even a probably, it's a definitely. And we start to overthink about when can we eat? What can we eat? How should I eat today? 
or how better I eat today. It can become so burdensome, right? And all of this worry about food prompts stress in ourselves. We feel stressed about making the choices about what to eat. We feel stressed about our bodies because we're disapproving of them. And we easily become frustrated because we're so focused on maybe getting to a specific number on the scale because we're overvaluing it. We're giving it too much meaning about us and giving it too much importance in our life. And all of this mental stress increases cortisol, the stress hormone cortisol. And this hormone actually signals the body to store more fat and slow down our metabolism because it's a fight or flight response. And we also produce more of the hormone ghrelin when we're stressed. This is the hormone that's responsible for increasing our hunger. So by dieting, by restricting our food, by over managing it from this place of fear and getting just over consumed about what and how I should eat, we actually start to feel more hungry, not less, because of the stress response in our body that's causing our stress hormones to increase our hunger. And this strong feeling of hunger can cause us to eat more food, right? Of course, that's the whole purpose of it. We can't fight that. It's biology. But what happens is we feel frustrated with ourselves when it's actually just our biology's response to stress. And when we are in this stress state, I mean, there's just regular day-to-day stress, but then there's the stress of wanting to change our body this way. And this stress state creates this natural over-desire for food, especially for the richer foods that are higher in fat and sugar. This is a natural stress response of our body. And it can come from either the mental restriction of food, such as food rules, having ideas about good and bad eating, right or wrong eating, or just the physical restriction of quantity or types of food. It all will lead to overeating in some way. It's the mind and the body's natural response to denying ourselves the pleasure and nourishment of food the way that our body craves it. Because we can have our own idea, well, this is how it should be, and this is how it should look, but that doesn't necessarily align with what our body is truly needing and asking for, okay? Then with that comes, so it, you know, if we fall into these patterns with food that are the opposite of what we're truly desiring, such as an overeating behavior, comes with that feelings of guilt. We start to feel guilty for our eating or we feel guilty for our types of food. Even if we're not overeating, oh my goodness, I ate the chocolate. Shame on me. I feel so guilty. I wasn't supposed to do that, right? So we feel ashamed about our food choices and we'll also then feel more ashamed about our bodies and frustrated with ourselves because we're trying so hard to change our body, right? And 
we might even blame ourselves for all of it. Come, going back to believing that we're faulty and wrong. And all of this just leads to more and more stress. So the reason I share all this is not to be dramatic, but to really help you see that it's this slow downward spiral when we stay in the dieting culture. And in the end, all this does is sets the stage for our bodies to gain weight outside of the natural healthy range. And research shows this, that dieting causes weight gain. Yes, you might get a temporary weight loss, but the vast majority of data on dieting shows that people typically gain back the weight and even more weight, and it leads to that weight cycling and all this stuff. So I just hope you see why this principle of releasing the dieting mindset is so important and why we need to make the decision to just be done. Because to live as truly nourished women, we're not chasing some body ideal to find our happiness. Instead, we are honoring and caring for the bodies that we have. Secondly, we develop a deep sense of care and trust with our bodies by caring for them not only through our actions, by care, but by also caring for our bodies through our thoughts in terms of how we speak to ourselves and how we speak about our body, whether it's to ourselves or to other people. And how can we show up for our bodies in our actions as well? You know, it's, of course, another important part. The mind is super, super important because it plays into the actions, but... How can we also show up better for our bodies and our actions? The fourth principle to feel like a truly nourished woman is to honor your true hungers for your body, for your mind, and for your soul. For your body, this requires getting out of your head and into your body to honor its true hunger. So going back to the previous principle, we have to, you know, release the restrictive thoughts and the food rules to help us be able to do this. All the programming that diet culture has placed in our minds, it has to be released for us to really truly be able to, to connect to our bodies as our wisdom and our guide for eating. This also includes inner food policing that happens in our mind the negative self-talk and self-judgment about our eating, about food, about how we eat, the negative self-talk and self-judgment just has to be released too. And I, I know this is a process. Believe me, I get it. It is a process because it's a habit to talk critical to ourselves. It's a habit to judge ourselves. It's a habit that we get into to police ourselves about you're doing it wrong with your food. Shame on you. That's not how you're supposed to be eating. So that is depriving our mind of what it's truly hungry for. And all of this negative self-talk also is what keeps us from being able to connect to our body and being able to hear what it's telling us. Because if we're always consumed with our mental chatter, 
we're not tuned into our bodies and we're easily overlooking or ignoring the signals that our body is giving us. So the first thing to honoring our true physical hunger is to quiet the mind and uh, of the negative self-talk and diet chatter, restrictive food rule chatter, all of this stuff. That's the first thing that has to happen so that we can be in our body, out of our head, in, in, into our body. And this is just a huge part of what the peace process is about. My newest program, The Peace Process, that's going to go live in late January. It's this, finding your inner and your outer peace with food. And right now, it's open for early enrollment, pre-sale enrollment. If you're interested in that, just let me know. You'll save some money and you'll get some one-on-one calls with me up until we start in January And if you want to come and play in this place, in this space of creating peace with food, stop stressing about food, stop stressing about your eating, feel truly nourished and free in your relationship with food, you know, just let me know, reach out, get the details. But it's so important to quiet the mind, to connect to the body. That is what I want to stress in this aspect of this principle Next, we move to honoring our true hungers for our mind. So the first one was on how do we honor our true hunger for our body? That's what all that was about. Now we're talking about true hunger for your mind. What is your mind truly desiring? Ask yourself, what thoughts make me feel good? What thoughts make me feel bad? I call those yucky thoughts the depriving thoughts. The thoughts that deplete us, their worries, their our anxieties, they're the negative mental chatter that makes us either feel depressed or anxious. Those are the depriving thoughts. So what are the nourishing thoughts your mind is truly hungry for? Ask yourself that. Is it thoughts that uplift you, inspire you? that make you feel blessed, that make you feel loved, that make you feel more confident, that make you feel healthier, that make you feel vibrant, that make you feel alive, that make you feel like I am living my best life. That starts in the mind. The thoughts that make you feel hopeful and peaceful, at ease and satisfied in life, it all starts in the mind. There's a whole plethora of thoughts that we can choose to think. We get to literally choose our thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. We literally get to choose our thoughts. Our mind doesn't have to run rampant, you know, with just any thoughts, with negativity, with the negative self-talk. It doesn't have to do that. We can take control of it. And changing our thoughts to default to what we actually want to think is a skill that we all can develop. So to start, we have to deliberately feed our minds the thoughts that we truly want to be thinking, the thoughts that spiral us up and make us feel so good. This is what mind nourishment is, and that's what determining what your mind is truly hungry for is. Then the third 
part of this principle is what is your soul truly hungry for? The deep essence of you. What is she hungry for in your life? Connect to her. What really brings you joy? What brings you deep satisfaction and fulfillment in your life? Are you doing those things? Do you know what those things are? And if you don't, get clear. Reconnect to yourself. Come back home to yourself. Get clear on what those things are and then start to do them. Because a life well lived is a life that's lived from the nourished soul, from that nourished inner being of you. We have to feed our souls this nourishment on purpose. Otherwise, we will easily default to living from stress and striving, which leads to deprivation and depletion inside of us and those lackluster feelings and those feelings of I'm not fulfilled in my life. So we have to show up for that woman inside of us, our truest self, and find out what is she truly desiring and give her what she's asking for. Because when we do this, not only are we going to be more joyful in our life, but also, I can speak from my own experience on this, the food and body stuff becomes so much less important. Instead of chasing weight loss or using food as a way to find the satisfaction that we're seeking, which is just a false fix, it never leads to that ultimately, Instead of that, we need to truly nourish ourselves at the soul level by tapping into what our deepest desires are, the things that light us up, the things that bring us joy, the things that lead to true fulfillment for us, and go experience more of that. The fifth principle to feel like a truly nourished woman is to find your peace with food. So this means ending the fight with food. This is the inner peace and the outer peace. So after releasing the diet thinking and making that firm and committed decision to break up with the diet culture and the norms around chasing a certain shape or size body for happiness, after we make a firm commitment that, okay, I'm done doing that and I'm done participating in that culture, then comes finding your peace with food. This is the process of allowing yourself to eat the foods you love, and to find the safety in doing so. Because sometimes the idea of eating the foods we love can bring up all this fear and anxiety, right? Because there's been times, perhaps, that you've overindulged in them and you don't trust yourself. Or there's just so much food rule talk in your head that you believe you're literally breaking a moral law by enjoying the foods you love. It's giving yourself that unconditional permission to eat what you love. That eliminates all the feelings of deprivation and the overeating patterns that we can fall into because of that deprivation. So when we have our peace with food, there's not going to be any more throwing up your hands in the air and going and eating all the, the bad foods that we can tend to do when we're in that place of 
deprivation because we're restricting in some way. There's no more backlash overeating from not allowing yourself to have your favorite foods. There's no more guilt for just eating what you really want to eat. There's no more guilt for how you're eating. There's just no more rules causing anxiety and overthinking about food. There's no more feelings of being out of control because all the stress about food is gone. When the stress about food is gone, our behavior around food naturally starts to change into peaceful as well. So that's what finding your peace with food is. It's about being at ease in your mind about food and feeling this natural control in your actions with food. Natural control. Not, I have to follow a meal plan so that I feel in control. I have to track all my calories so that I feel in control. No, this is natural control, which is being in harmony with your body and letting your body be the one telling you what to do. That is what the peace process is about that starts in January. And this is an essential program to help you feel like a truly nourished woman in your life. Because no matter what other achievements we might have in our life, no matter how life are good, how how good our life is overall, if our relationship with food is still stressful, we always carry that burden around and it seeps into other areas of our life and ends up holding us back from being the woman we truly desire to be in our life. So if you're feeling ready to be liberated, if you're feeling ready to be at ease in your relationship with food, if you're ready to feel in your power around all food, then come join me in the peace process, okay? Okay, the sixth principle to feel like a truly nourished woman is to elevate your self-talk to empress level. So right now, what do you say when you talk to yourself? What is the inner dialogue most of the time? Do you have a lot of self-judging thoughts? Thoughts that I'm bad or wrong for what I do or I'm bad or wrong for how I eat or how I don't eat? Do you have negative self-talk that makes you feel guilty for what you do or don't eat? Do you have that inner food policing that is constantly berating you about what you're doing or not doing with food? It's scolding or shaming you. If you're not following the rules, do you experience any of that self-talk, that mean inner critic that's telling you, you should be doing it this way and you're not doing enough? Do you experience any of that? If you do, it's time to up-level how you speak to yourself. And I want you to imagine being the empress of your empire. Your life is your empire And you are the leader and the authority. You are the empress of this beautiful life that you've been granted. And you are in your queendom. How does she deserve to be spoken to? 
this royal being that is you. We all are the royal empress of our life. Ooh, that gives me goosebumps. I just love that idea. Truly, we are the authority of our life. Yet, we will speak to ourselves as if we are this lowly, worthless being. But to ever feel like a truly nourished woman, that has to change. The inner judge, negative self-talk, it just has to go. And I know this is a process and a practice too. This can take time. But it's the commitment and the decision that starts it all. That inner critic, whoever she is that berates you, it all just has to go because you are the empress. It's time to treat yourself like the empress in your thoughts and your words to yourself. It's time to build a self-love empire. (laughs) I love that. A self-love empire. Yeah. A truly nourished woman loves herself. She's kind to herself no matter what and always, 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 always has her own back. So she accepts her errors and she owns them without harsh judgments because she knows she can lead herself. She's the empress. She knows she can lead herself because she trusts herself. This has been one of the most incredible journeys I've been on my life is to develop self-trust. Believe me, it's still a process, but I have come so far. And I know this is true for a lot of women. We just don't trust ourselves. We're always going outside of ourselves to find the answers and just not believing in who we are and believing that we have the answers. But one of the ways that we start to trust ourselves more is by being kind to ourselves and speaking to ourselves like we are the empress authority and leader of our beautiful empire that is our life. And this empress, she cares deeply for herself in both her mind and her actions and for her life. Her life is her empire. She deeply cares for her empire. That is her life. And that helps her to show up as the true leader in her life. So this is another thing that we'll be working on in the peace process is just raising your self-talk to the empress level so that you feel like the empowered, benevolent, and beautiful leader of your life. So that You feel this deep appreciation, this deep love, this deep admiration, this deep respect for yourself as the leader of your life. And that spirals you up into living your best life. Okay, so that's it for this week. (laughs) Otherwise, this would get really, really long. Next week, I will cover the remaining principles. So be sure to watch for that episode. It's going to be so good to help you feel more and more like a truly nourished woman in your life. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing this episode with me because like I said, I truly (laughs) love to create it. I get very passionate about this stuff because I believe in it so deeply because it's how I've learned to live my life. It's the, 
the fires I had to walk through and get to the other side of and that I'm still elevating and elevating every day in my own way. So thank you so much for being here. Hello, beautiful listeners. If you enjoyed what you heard on today's episode, if you had some breakthroughs or an aha moment, I would absolutely love to hear what those were. Tag me at Rebecca Laurel Hill on Instagram, or you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me get an idea of what's landing, what you want to hear, and more of what you want to go deeper on so that I can serve you at the highest level. And if you can please share this podcast so that I can help more women, that would mean the world to me. Let's all rise and change this world together by living as truly nourished women. Thank you again for being here. I'll talk to you in the next episode.